his peace. Amen. Good morning. Um, on Sunday, I gave a homily on the prophecy of Isaiah, Isaiah 7, 14, which we have again today, the, the, uh, the great sign that was promised that a virgin would conceive and uh, that her child would be Emmanuel. God is with us. So today's gospel giving us the account of the Annunciation, that first joyful mystery of the rosary, is like a little bit of a follow-up. So how was that prophecy fulfilled? The greatest prophecy of all times that a virgin would conceive and that her child would be, well, as we say now, true God and true man, you know, a, a real human humanity, but actually real divinity as well. You know, God is with us, like literally. <laughs> okay. And um, so the best, I think the best explanation of how the prophecy was fulfilled, the best commentary on this sacred mystery, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary in Nazareth. There's that beautiful moment which we relive with each Hail Mary. And Mary says, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. She consents, she gives her yes, she conceives God in her womb. The best explanation of that is from the Office of Readings today. That second reading, it's the so-called Sermon 4 from St. Bernard of Clairvaux. At the end of this homily, I will uh, record a, I'll read it for you who are listening on the internet, okay? The best reading in the whole year. Today is the day. That reading from St. Bernard de Clairvaux, it's the second reading from the Office of Readings in the Breviary today. Amazing, right? I mean, were you all there? Okay. His commentary, his, it's, it's an imaginative, it's creative. And um, just to summarize, you know, he imagines this moment of the Annunciation and he, and he kind of puts it in its cosmic context that all of creation, you know, is waiting with their breath held to see what would Mary say. You know, um, he talks about tearful Adam and his family and Abraham and David, like everybody's waiting and like in their hearts and in their mind, like saying to Mary, say yes, say yes, you know. And uh, he highlights the freedom that Mary had, you know, whenever God comes and, and asks anything of us, obviously there's always, the response is always in freedom. And then what her yes meant, you know, the, the coming of Jesus and salvation and all of that. So yeah, that, that sermon from St. Bernard of Clairvaux is the best commentary by far on what was happening there. And I thought I would take the uh, opportunity to, uh, to look at the Annunciation as an example for each one of us of what it means to live in God's grace, what it means to live in God's grace. Now, for each person, there will be big moments of grace, big moments. Uh, so where are some big moments of grace for each one of us? Well, the sacraments is the best example. The day you were baptized, um, if you were a baby and your parents said yes for you, you were baptized into the faith of the church. Uh, if you were older like me, I was seven years old. I clearly remember, you know, I, me, my little brother who was an infant and my little cousin who was an infant, the three of us were baptized together. I was seven, so I was obviously too big to be held. So I'm standing there. We really weren't churchgoers in those days. I was born a pagan baby. First priest, you know, first time I go into a Catholic church that I remember, it was like really kind of intimidating and beautiful, this kind of strange building, different from any other building I'd seen before. And then the priest who seemed like he was about nine feet tall, Father Bouvier is a very large man and um, scary and intimidating deep voice. And I'm just standing there and not really sure what's going on. And there's the, uh, well, it's the baptismal font, but I didn't know what it was. And he uh, asked me to come forward and, um, because I was standing, I just had to put my head out like this. And I, I had a moment where I really thought he was going to cut my head off. You know? There was a bowl to catch it. That's, 
You tend not to forget moments like that. <laughs> and anyway, so he baptized me and everything. And my little brother cried the whole time. My little cousin laughed the whole time. But um, so the sacraments are, are moments you can look in your own personal history and say there was a significant moment of grace, particularly baptism. That's where it all begins. But, you know, the day of your confirmation, you know, and you had said yes to the Lord and, you know, the prayer of the bishop and the anointing with the holy oils, the, the grace that completes the grace of baptism, so to speak. Um, first Holy Communion, maybe we have memories of that, really special first time to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. And um, confessions, you may remember the first reconciliation, the first penance. I remember, well, I remember practicing for it. Our, our catechist had told us to make up a list of sins so that we could practice going to confession. And I remember that I, the, the sin that I made up so I could practice going to confession, I'm seven years old, I had stolen a dozen chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I remember that. And um, that was my pretend sin there. And uh, if only my life was that pure. Okay. <laughs> um, so th there's the sacraments. You could look in your own history and say there was a moment that was very special, a moment of grace when I said yes to the Lord and uh, grace came to me. Um, for those who have the vocation of marriage, you know, you, the anniversary of your wedding, you think about that day and you and your spouse standing in front of the altar in the house of God and, you know, exchanging the vows and the, uh, you know, a real moment of grace, something very special happening there. For those of us who have the religious vocation, the day that we knelt and placed our folded hands in an act of entrustment into the hands of Father or Mother Superior and, you know, made our vows, said our yes to the Lord freely. Those were really big moments of grace. So every person has those moments. Maybe there was a moment of conversion. For me, when I was uh, a pagan teenager, you know, not in grace, not going to church, and I'm at a rock concert of all places, and there was this really weird moment where the Holy Spirit came upon me and I had a conversion. Uh, I'll tell that story later. Um, I can look back and say something happened. I feel like even uh, now that it's like 26 years later, I'm still like experiencing that moment of grace that, or my convert, I kind of woke up. It was like St. Paul, it was like scales falling off my eyes and I saw everything in a new light and believed in God and the whole thing, like it just came to me. Um, so, you know, people have those moments as well where, you know, they give their witness and they talk about the moment of conversion, something happened and really clearly somehow God's grace broke through. Um, so we want to be attentive to those moments, like the Annunciation, you know, like big, unusual moments where we could really point and say, yeah, the, there was something of God's grace that happened at that, that, that moment. So uh, that's one aspect of living in God's grace, but there's another aspect which is more subtle, which is really worth mentioning, and that is the normal day-to-day -day stuff. You know, the, the angel coming to you, inviting you to your vocation, and then you say, yeah, that just doesn't happen regularly, okay. So the, the real li living in God's grace has to do with the nitty-gritty of every day. And it's oftentimes, it's not exciting, and it's not extraordinary, um, and it's just uh, the way life unfolds every day. Whatever's going on in your day, and the way you try to maneuver through your life, the way you try to take it as it comes, and the way you try to respond in virtue, you know, with the help of God's grace. And uh, so I was trying to think of some images that really highlight that working of grace, which is so important. And uh, it is connected to those big moments of grace, but you know, you can't live on yesterday's yeses. What do I mean by that? You know, every day is a new day. 
And while there is a grace that comes from things that happen, every day is new and every day we have to choose it again. Every day you've got to renew your yes. Every day we could reject and fall away. Our freedom is still here. You know, we, we could reject it all and walk away. I know I could. You know, you may hear about me on 1010 Wins, you know. <laughs> I was thinking, with the help of God's grace, I could burn down this whole house in 30 seconds, you know. <laughs> got to be humble and admit that, okay. So, um, so I was thinking, okay, a couple of images to help us to understand, one of which is the manna. Remember the story of the manna when the, the children of Israel were on their pilgrimage through the desert? and they, they had no food, and God sent a miraculous bread, a miraculous manna, and it was like, uh, in the morning, it was on the ground like um, frost, but it was some type of a substance. The Hebrew word manna means, what is that? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And so every day, they would have to gather this, this kind of, uh, it was like flour, and then they would make it into cakes and eat it. So it was, the, well, the Old Testament called it the bread of angels. And we know that that is a foretaste of the Eucharist. I'm getting there, hold on. But that's such, that, that's such a great example because they had to get it every day. They only gathered what they needed for that day. And then each day they would, they would have to go out and gather it again, except for the day before the Sabbath. So they were able to gather double so that on the Sabbath day, the day of rest, they didn't do work. But um, that's such an example for us. It's the background to what Jesus says in the Our Father, give us this day our daily bread. That's ultimately talking about grace. Like today, we will receive the grace that we need today. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not here yet. We, know we don't receive tomorrow's grace until tomorrow. It's daily bread. And uh, so the manna came miraculously. So there's an element there that was clearly something from God. It was something that they couldn't do on their own. It wasn't like regular bread where you worked and harvested it. It just came from God, it was a gift. So that's how grace is. But you had to go out and gather it. So you had to do something. And that's, grace is like that as well. The grace of God comes, but then we have to accept it. We have to freely say yes, like Mary did at the Annunciation. So we, God does his part, we do our part. You know, that's where the grace of God always works with our freedom. So I think the manna is such a great um, image for us to understand how, how the life of God's grace works. Isn't that beautiful? And then I had two other images. Okay, hold on. We need images, don't we? So Pope Francis is saying that, all the homilies, you need to put images out there, okay? The other image is breathing, breathing. If you ever think about that, you know, in the reality of what it means to be a human, you have to breathe. That's a big part of what it means to be alive, right? Like corpses don't breathe. That's one of the ways you can know somebody's died. They're not breathing. Okay, <laughs> put a little mirror. One of, my, one of my teacher in high school, <laughs> I want to put a mirror under your nose, see if you're breathing, you know, okay? But, um, and breathing is so funny, isn't it? If you think about how it works. Um, and I think that's another image that helps us understand God's grace. Um, you breathe in, you take in the oxygen, and then obviously the, the lungs have a way of getting the oxygen into your blood, and then the heart's pumping the blood, and then the blood delivers the oxygen to your body. And the biology of it is really cool. Um, and it says something to us of God's grace. I really believe that, that like the reality of our natural life it's almost like a symbol or a sign of the reality of our supernatural life, the life of grace. So take a breath, and that's gonna get you, you're gonna be okay for how long? 20 seconds? I don't know, like some of those swimmers can hold their breath for like a minute or two. Then you gotta breathe again, right? And um, I think probably God's grace is something like that. You know, the grace comes and we respond and everything, but like we continuously need his grace, just like we need air to breathe. We need his grace, and it's there, right? Air is here, 
We don't see it, you don't think about it because it's the environment we live in, but the grace that, of the Lord is there. And, um, but we have to take it in, we have to breathe it in. And um, so in that, in that an image, I was thinking about asthma. You know, I had a cousin who passed away from an asthma attack this year and been praying for him and his family. But you know, asthma is a disease that affects your lungs and it, it makes it so that your lungs don't work like they should and it's, it's hard for you to get the air and to get the oxygen out of the air into your blood. And I thought, you know, that's a great image of what sin does, right? Sin, spiritually what it does, you have spiritual lungs that breathe in God's grace. Sin has a way of um, damaging your ability to really get that grace and to live it, you know, especially mortal sin. We've rejected God and his grace and you know, needing to go to the sacrament of confession to kind of be forgiven and to you know, take like, you know when people have asthma, they have the little inhaler, they take a hit of whatever that steroid drug is and Sister John Paul probably knows the name of it. Asthma drug. Albuterol. Albuterol, okay. <laughs> you know, and it, it helps the lungs to take in that, you know, and that's so anyways, that's what confession is like, you know. So if you, you know, spiritually you have a hard time. Or, um, yeah, so I had a few more images, but I'll just leave it there. Okay. So, um, so today we think about the Annunciation, this fulfillment of the prophecy that God would come uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux's commentary on this, you know, highlighting Mary's freedom and that all of creation was waiting for her to give her free yes. And, um, but knowing that from those extraordinary moments, there are lots of normal daily moments for each one of us where like breathing, we need to take in the grace of God, freely cooperate, say our yes, and uh, live from that grace that feeds us like daily manna, daily bread. And uh, we pray for all those graces this day. And uh, here in a minute, I'm gonna record that uh, reading for all of you listening. So hang in there. God bless you. All right, I'm back. Here we go. A reading from a homily in praise of the Virgin Mother by St. Bernard Abbott. This is a portion of what's known as homily four. The whole world awaits Mary's reply. You have heard, O Virgin, that you will conceive and bear a son. You have heard that it will not be by man, but by the Holy Spirit. The angel awaits an answer. It is time for him to return to God who sent him. We too are waiting, O lady, for your word of compassion. The sentence of condemnation weighs heavily upon us. The price of our salvation is offered to you. We shall be set free at once if you consent. In the eternal word of God, we all came to be, and behold, we die. In your brief response, we are to be remade in order to be recalled to life. Tearful Adam, with his sorrowing family, begs this of you, O loving virgin in their exile from paradise. Abraham begs it, David begs it, all the other holy patriarchs, your ancestors, ask it of you as they dwell in the country of the shadow of death. This is what the whole earth waits for, prostrate at your feet. It is right in doing so, for on your word depends comfort for the wretched, ransom for the captive, freedom for the condemned, indeed, salvation for all the sons of Adam, the whole of your race. Answer quickly, O virgin. Reply in haste to the angel, or rather through the angel to the Lord. Answer with a word. Receive the word of God. Speak your own word. Conceive the divine word. Breathe a passing word. Embrace the eternal word. Why do you delay? Why are you afraid? Believe, give praise, and receive. Let humility be bold. Let modesty be confident. This is no time for virginal simplicity to forget prudence. In this matter alone, O prudent virgin, do not, be, do not fear to be presumptuous. 
Though modest silence is pleasing, dutiful speech is now more necessary. Open your heart to faith, O blessed Virgin, your lips to praise, your womb to, your, to the Creator. See, the desired of all nations is at your door, knocking to enter. If he should pass by because of your delay, in sorrow you would begin to seek him afresh, the one whom your soul loves. Arise, hasten, open. Arise in faith, hasten in devotion, open in praise and thanksgiving. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, she says, be it done to me according to your word.